Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. When I was a kid, we had this one string of outdoor lights. They were these big incandescent bulbs, all different colors. Some were clear, some were opaque, depending, I guess, on when my family bought the bulbs that they replaced the original ones with. And we would string them along the edge of a small roof that was at the front of our house, below the bigger roof that was above the entire house. When they went up, I was very happy because that meant Christmas was coming. But as time went on, I noticed that my neighbors started to get these smaller lights that they would string on bushes and trees in front of their house, and I wanted them. We had a couple of bushes in front of my house, and I thought, well, if we can get some lights, that would look really cool. So I kept nagging my mother, we should get lights, we should get lights. She's like, well, we have lights. We have ones on the tree, and we have ones on the roof. That's enough. I guess eventually I wore her down, and she agreed that she would give me money to go downtown and buy lights for the one bush that was nearest to our stairwell. She gave me, I think, about $15 to go down to the hardware store in town, Bob's Hardware, and pick up whatever lights I want and bring them back. I was ecstatic. Got up in the morning, went down to Bob's Hardware, and then I was over the moon when I found out that they were having a light sale. There was this whole section of those little lights, which I called twinkle lights, and they were really cheap. Now, I should have paid more attention to what was going on. I don't know, maybe I was too young to really absorb detail. Maybe I was just so high on the holiday spirit. But I chipped in a couple of bucks that I had on my own, and with the money my mom gave me, I was able to buy maybe seven or eight sets of lights. I got them home and started putting them on the bushes, not paying attention to anything about them or the fact that I didn't have any extension cords, which would lead to some strange aesthetics. I worked on the lights, got them on bushes. I would try to string them along the floor where they would be out of sight. I thought maybe I could throw leaves on them or maybe even bury them because I didn't have cords to run between the different strings. But what really happened is they would just be light strings stretched between the various bushes at very taut angles, almost like a tightrope. What was cool about it is that I got to cover every bush and tree in front of our house with lights. What wasn't cool about it is what would be revealed when nighttime came and I plugged them in and realized that I had bought all red lights. All of them. At first, I didn't think much of it. I thought, red Christmas. I called my sisters out to see it, because I knew they were in the living room. When they came out, I could still hear my one sister just falling over with laughter as she started calling our house the Devil House, because of the red illumination that I guess maybe looked like blood all over the place. It was a big joke that year. And we kept most of the red lights up, although my mom insisted that I take the ones that were strung between the bushes down so that it looked, I guess, classier if you could have that much red be classy. I guess I was obsessed with this idea of this sparkling Christmas house, and I got lost in the moment and messed up. On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about a movie about a person who kind of gets lost in the moment and maybe gets messed up a lot. That'd be Clark Griswold from the Vacation Movies. And more specifically, we'll talk about the movie Christmas Vacation. We'll talk about the people in front of and behind the cameras. We'll talk about the plot. We'll talk about the music, the movies that came before and after Christmas Vacation. And we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us. So without further ado, let's start the show.
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation came at the tail end of the 80s in 1989. It was directed by Jeremiah Chechik, and it is the third National Lampoon Vacation movie. It was the second of those movies to be written by John Hughes, and it was based on his short story in National Lampoon magazine. We'll talk a little bit about that later. The film stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, and Randy Quaid. Like the original Vacation movie, Christmas Vacation is written by John Hughes and is based on a story that he wrote for National Lampoon. This one was written in December of 1980, and it was called Christmas 59. John Hughes is not known for making sequels, and he was not a fan of making them. Although he is credited as a writer on European Vacation, he was quoted as saying that it was only because of the characters. But then this idea for Christmas Vacation came around, and they begged him to do another one, to write it, and he agreed, because he thought he had a good story to base it on, one of his original stories. John Wilden Hughes was born in 1950. Sadly, he passed away in 2009. Producer, director, screenwriter, made some of the most memorable and quoted films of the 80s and 90s, including Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, The Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, Vacation, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, and Uncle Buck. It's a lot of memorable movies. The film was directed by Jeremiah Chechik. Chechik was born in Canada in 1951. He's probably best known for directing National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, as well as Diabolique and Benny and June. He would also direct The Avengers in 1998 and would be nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for that. Fortunately for him, he lost to Gus Van Zandt for his remake of Psycho that year. In Christmas Vacation, we again join the Griswolds, this time as they're about to embark on a Christmas season where they've invited the whole family to spend their time together. It starts off with a scene that really demonstrates the main character, Clark, who's the father of the Griswold clan, being Clark, where he's about to go out into the forest with his family to get a tree, and he runs afoul of locals, almost gets into a massive amount of accidents on the road. There's a bit of road rage there. Then crashes the car. When he finally gets out there to get a tree, he realizes he didn't bring an axe or a saw. So that gives you an idea of what kind of person Clark Griswold is. And what follows is Clark bringing his family together for Christmas, him planning to get a pool for the summer using his Christmas bonus, and him finding out that he is not going to get his Christmas bonus. Then things degenerate when Cousin Eddie, played by the great Randy Quaid, decides to break the law to try to make Clark happy. And there's a lot of parallels with the original vacation where it all degenerates into law-breaking and SWAT teams. Will there be a happy ending? You'll have to watch the film and find out. The film was primarily filmed on backlots in Hollywood, although there were some location shoots, including shots in Colorado, where they would do a sledding scene, areas in Chicago, where the film is supposed to be set. The Griswolds live in the Chicago area. So they would film at the Marshall Field Department Store and on Michigan Avenue at the John Hancock Center, just to give a sort of legitimacy to where this is supposed to be. Clark has some neighbors in the film, and if you are a fan of the Lethal Weapon movies, you might realize that the neighbors of the Griswolds actually live in the Murtaugh house from the Lethal Weapon films, which I only found out a couple of years ago, and now I'm always looking, trying to see details that would make me remember, oh yeah, that's the exterior of the Murtaugh house. There's a scene where Clark is watching old films, and you get to see some exteriors of houses in those old films. Those were also shot on a back lot, and they're houses from classic TV shows like Bewitched, which is kind of cool. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
on the first day of Christmas, not only here to me, 24 Crayola crayons. Show a big crayon a crayon, class of 64, Crayola Crayola crayons. All my life I've wanted to have a big family Christmas. Merry Christmas. Is the season to be merry. So what's the matter with you? Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, and Randy Quay. Bingo. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, tonight on Cinemax. And now, back to the show. Film has a great cast. I just talk about the main stars and then give you a list of some of the other great people in it. But Chevy Chase plays Clark W. Griswold. Cornelius Crane Chevy Chase was born in 1943. He's a comedian, actor, writer, probably came to fame because of Saturday Night Live, but he's known for a lot of great movies that he's done as well, including the National Lampoon's Vacation Films, Foul Play, Fletch, Spies Like Us, The Three Amigos, and many more. Recently, he has appeared on the TV show Community and is supposed to have a TV series in the works with his co-star in this film, Beverly D'Angelo, for ABC that would come out in the 2015-2016 television season if it gets picked up. Beverly D'Angelo played Ellen Griswold. D'Angelo was born in 1951, actress and singer, probably best known for her work on the vacation films, but she would go on to critical acclaim in movies like The Coal Miner's Daughter and American History X. Randy Quaid played Cousin Eddie, Randall Rudy Randy Quaid was born in 1950, Golden Globe and Academy Award nominee. According to Quaid, he is best known for his work in this particular film. But I imagine other people might remember him from his work in Kingpin, Independence Day, and Brokeback Mountain. Miriam Flynn played cousin Catherine, who was Eddie's wife. Born in 1951, Miriam Flynn was a member of the Second City Improv Troupe in 1975, and that was a good year. There was people like James Belushi, Catherine O'Hara, George Wendt, and Shelley Long in that group. She's a character and voice actress, probably best known for her work in the vacation films as well, but she's acted in a lot of other different roles, including the TV series Grounded for Life, and as a voice artist in things like The Land Before Time, Tasmania, and Family Guy. Juliet Lewis played Audrey Griswold, the third Audrey. Lewis was born in 1973, singer, actress. Probably the film that was her breakthrough was the 1991 remake of Cape Fear. She was nominated for an Oscar and a Golden Globe for that. Then she would appear in Natural Born Killers, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, and a lot of other films. In the first two vacation movies, Rusty, who is her brother, seems like he's older than her. And then in this one, it seems Audrey is the older one. Just so you know, they recast the children in every vacation film, so they never repeat. So it's always someone different. And in this one, she's the older of the siblings. Her younger brother was played by Johnny Galecki, Rusty Russ Griswold. Johnny Galecki was born in 1975, probably best known now for his role as Dr. Leonard Hofstadter on the TV show The Big Bang Theory, but he was also David Healy in Roseanne from 92 to 97, and appeared in films like I Know What You Did Last Summer, Hancock, and Suicide Kings. Rounding out the cast, you had John Randolph, Diane Ladd, Doris Roberts, E.G. Marshall, William Hickey, Mae Questel, who played Aunt Bethany, but she was also the voice of Betty Boop. This would be her last movie. Sam McMurray, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Brian Doyle Murray. 
Hi friends, Vic Sage here with Why Should I Know This Person? And this time we're going to be taking a look at National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation co-star, E.G. Marshall. Marshall was born Everett Eugene Gruns on June 18, 1914, in Owatonna, Minnesota. Until after his death, it was never actually known what E.G. stood for. And Marshall seemed to enjoy the mystery of that, telling people who asked it meant everybody's guess, or even Enigma Gregarious. Even his early education was something of a mystery, as he claimed to have attended Carrollton College and the University of Minnesota, and yet there is no record of him having ever been a student there. There was a student at Mechanic Arts High School in St. Paul, enrolled under Marshall's real name, though he never graduated. No matter what level of his education and reasons for changing his name, the fact is E.G. made quite an impression on radio, the stage, TV, and films. Marshall's first film role was an uncredited part in 1945's The House on 92nd Street, where he played an attendant at the morgue. His first credited role came two years later, in Untamed Fury as Pompano, the dance caller. And in 1948, Marshall joined 45 fellow actors of being the first thespians inducted into the actor's studio. Fellow inductees included the likes of Marlon Brando, Montgomery Cliff, Kim Stanley, and Julie Harris. At the time of his death in 1998, E.G. had garnered 150 acting credits, with notable appearances in 1954's The Kane Mutiny, where he co-starred with Humphrey Bogart and Jose Ferrer. In 1957, he was cast in probably one of his most well-known roles as Juror No. 4 in Sidney Lumet's theatrical adaptation of Twelve Angry Men. In 1959, Marshall would land the role as District Attorney Harold Horn in Compulsion, where he would co-star with Orson Welles, Dean Stockwell, and Bradford Dillman. Throughout these years, he would make numerous cameos in such popular TV shows as Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Route 66, and Rawhide, to name a few. But he really struck it big when he was cast as Lawrence Preston in 1961's popular courtroom drama The Defenders, a role he would reprise for 132 episodes and in two TV movies in 1997 and 1998. In 1969, he had a 45-episode run in The Bold Ones, The New Doctors, as Dr. David Craig. 1980 found him portraying the President of the United States in Superman II, and he was the loathable Upson Pratt in 1982's Creep Show in the segment entitled They're Creeping Up on You. And of course, he was Art Smith, the father of Ellen, in 1988's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. This has been Vic Sage with Why Should I Know This Person, signing off until next time. This is the only film in the Vacation series that does not use Lindsay Buckingham's Holiday Road. Instead, in its place, they have a song aptly called Christmas Vacation, which was written by the songwriting team Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil, who are husband and wife. It was performed by Mavis Staples of the very famous Staples Singers. The soundtrack itself was composed by Angelo Badalamenti. Badalamenti was born in 1937 probably best known for working with David Lynch on Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet, despite the popularity of this film. A soundtrack album was never released. There have been some bootlegs that were distributed, including a very famous limited edition bootleg in the late 90s. So if you want to find music from the film, you just kind of got to watch the movie. The film received mixed ratings when it was released. People thought it was passable. And when it debuted, and there's a lot of discussion about this, it either debuted at number one or number two. At the time it came out, Back to the Future 2 was also in theaters. And I read mixed reports about which one won 
Either way, the film did well, and eventually it would undisputedly top the box office in its third week of release, and would remain number one the following weekend, beating out Tango and Cash, and would grow $71.3 million, which is pretty good for a film that had an approximately $27 million budget, which is high for a comedy. You gotta look at, say, like a movie like Ghostbusters, that was made for $30 million, and had a massive special effects budget. So, they put a lot of money into this film, and there's very little in the way of Ghostbusters-style special effects. Although there is an animated intro to the film, and there is a pretty hilarious animatronic squirrel scene. If you wanted to know what else was in theaters the week that... Christmas Vacation debuted, you had Back to the Future 2, Steel Magnolias, Harlem Nights, The Little Mermaid, Look Who's Talking, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Prancer, and Prancer was the second Christmas movie released that year in theaters, and just sort of coincidentally, also had Johnny Galecki in it. And finally, after Prancer, the film Dad, the film did pretty well overseas, but mostly just on home video, because in countries like the UK, this film never went to theaters, instead it went straight to home video. There were two vacation films before Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Vacation in 1983 and National Lampoon's European Vacation in 1985. It would be followed by Vegas Vacation in 1997 and then a direct sequel, and this is the only one of the vacation films to have a direct sequel, and it was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, which is colon Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. It has Randy Quaid and Miriam Flynn in it reprising their role as Eddie and Catherine, and two people from the first and second vacation films, Dana Barron, who played the original Audrey, and from European Vacation, Eric Idle, who in that film played the bike rider. In this film, he plays British Man on Plane. I have watched the film twice now, once when it premiered on television back in 2003, and then recently, just for this podcast. And it's not a great film, but it's workable. And if you're a Cousin Eddie fan, you basically get him in the role of Chevy Chase, but with Cousin Eddie mannerisms thrown into boot. After these messages, we'll be right back. What you mean for Santa? this Christmas, Pepsi would like to help you celebrate the holidays with a chance of winning a present from Mario in the Pepsi Nintendo Holiday Game, where you could win one of thousands of terrific Nintendo prizes, like these action sets. Game packs, and best of all, the sensational new Game Boy. So hurry up and play before it's all over. Look for details on how to win your Nintendo prize wherever you see these Pepsi holiday displays. And now, back to the show. Now, the first three vacations are solid. I also happen to like Vegas Vacation. I think it's underrated. And there have been some attempts to get the gang back together for commercials and such. Next year, the Vacation franchise comes back to life because there is a reboot. It was written and directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. And it will star Ed Helms 
Christina Applegate, Charlie Day, and Chris Hemsworth. Ed Helms is playing Rusty Griswold, and I imagine he will step in where his dad left off. And if you are an original Vacation fan or a purist, you'll be happy to know that both Chevy and Beverly will be in this film. Christmas Vacation has become a holiday classic at this point, enough that there are websites just dedicated to the merchandise you could get around this film. Just search National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Collectibles, and you'll see there is a stunning amount. What I like about holiday classics is that they're always making new ones. I remember being a kid and thinking, well, where are they going to make a movie that's as good as White Christmas? Or when are they going to make a movie as good as March of the Wooden Soldiers? I was very young then. And then as time went on, new movies got released that I saw in the theater They really got to me, then the next generation adopted them, and suddenly a holiday classic was born during my lifetime. So do yourself a favor, after you've decorated your house, hopefully with color-appropriate lights that won't scare the neighbors, you will come in, try to get yourself warm, pour yourself a cup of hot chocolate, and enjoy a great holiday film. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear in the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Play ball. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.